0: Welcome to People's Church Radio
1: Program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.
0: I figured I had to take my own counsel and advice. We've been telling you for a year and a half not to come if you have symptoms. Well, I have a few symptoms. Not saying I have COVID. I have no idea. What I do know is I'm going to obey my own advice and we're coming to you by video this morning. Not totally. This is going to be a video and live teach combination. Pastor Brent has stepped in at the last minute on some Saturday preparation to take some points for me. Pastor Bob's going to be winding things up. Uh, so appreciative of our team here. Pretty amazing guys and gals all the way around. So is this church. It's a special place. It's a special people. It's really something. I drove in today and into this beautiful, gorgeous auditorium that I'm sitting in right now, and you're sitting in right now. Unless you're watching online and you're sitting in an easy chair with a great big coffee, I have no idea. But this is not the church, and you know that. You absolutely know that. It says in Hebrews 2.10, God is the one who made all things and all things are for his glory. He wanted to have many children share his glory. For that to happen, God had made it so we could belong with him, a perfect, holy, just God of love. How do you make that fit? Well, that's Jesus. That's the cross. That's the work of God, which allows us to fulfill what God has always planned, which is that, People should belong to him. And it's a beautiful thing to belong. I don't know about you, but it's, I love the feeling of belonging. When you're with good friends and you have that sense of belonging or with your family, maybe it's with your sports team, I have no idea. But there is a sense of belonging that we all enjoy, but this is way beyond just that. I mean, you belong. And it is, by the way, something of blood. It's the cross. Um, here's a great scripture that follows the declaration of our second purpose our first purpose is that we were made to be loved by God that's our calling and we were made to love God the second purpose of my life is that God formed me for his family key word right there that I want to focus on is just the word family it's not that worse in a family where you feel you don't belong. But in God's family, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and through the receiving and acceptance of Christ, you truly do belong. It's a powerful thing. It's it's a hard thing maybe to grab a little bit, but you're part of a family that is not going to end. And it is gonna only get richer and richer and richer. You know, in, often in, in human families, things start off at a high point and work their way down, right? Kind of digress. Not in God's family. You're starting at the lowest points. I'm moving up. All the best of this family is yet to be explored and enjoyed in the adventures of being together. <coughs> Have this eternity to them. Ephesians 1 5, it just really makes it plain for us. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family <laughs> by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. You can't come on your own. It's got to be through Jesus. You can't make your own way to God. God says, hey, I want you to be my family. Come, I want to bring you into it. But I bring you through Jesus. Because he formed you to be part of his family. That might not be a friendly term to you, but my gosh, it's meant to be. And that's why it's so beautiful in God's family. As, as I said, all the the worst stuff's kind of now. We're, we're not perfect. So many of us and me leading the pack are imperfect. We never can really carry out even our best intentions to the fullest. It just seems, whether it's time, energy, or whatever. But I will tell you this, that in God's family, the reality only gets better and better. And you were formed for it, made for it. He made the universe to house his family to build his family, call his family. His family has a name, by the way. My family name is Jones, you know that. But God's family name is church. God's family is called his church. That's what he calls, that, that's your name. Now we're getting closer to what church is. It's not a place I drive up to. This is important, by the way, because this is where Great musicians get to practice their gifts, and you get to come be together in this kind of gathering. We get to train, educate, encourage, lift up, bring in, do mission, do everything. It's just like it's just a way of acting out what we really are. It's amazing. The church, imperfect, but yet perfect through the blood of Christ and in its full reality one day we'll enter a full perfection with God. In 1 Timothy 3:14 through 15 it says God's family is called his church. His church. I'm writing to you so that you will know how to live in the family of God. I got to learn how to live in the family of God. Yes, because it's it's not like any other family. This, this family is eternal. It, it, it's something that requires the absolute best. You read the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, and try to love that way. you got to learn how to live in the family of God. That family is the church of the living God, the support and the foundation of the truth. More or less, the church is this foundation of truth in this world. It is is it it is the place of the living God. It's the name of his family. It's his family on earth of the God who lives even at this moment it also it's important for us to recognize that personally I am called to belong to his church you know when God puts out a call you gotta respond Jesus tells a story about the guys having the banquet and he puts out a call and the people come up all kinds of excuses why they shouldn't come right and then he says go go out to all the highways byways. just go fill this house would you Forget these guys got other plans, want to do their thing. I want to get on with what I'm building and that's my family. And I give you a call personally to be part of it through Christ. It says in Ephesians 2.19, so now you are no longer visitors or strangers. Now you are citizens together with God's holy people. You belong to God's family. When you become a Christian, that where belong is yours. Now you do because you accepted Christ. Now you belong with Christ. Now you belong in God's family. You are a belonger. You really do belong in his family. You belong to God's family. Another one in Romans 1.6 says, You are among those who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. Sometimes we, we don't quite understand that, but we'll talk about that a little later, but the idea of belonging, like you're called to belong and, and there's this, this amazing thing that transpires that no longer are you belonging to the things that are your ID, your markers on this planet. But you are belonging to God, his family, through Jesus, his son. Just before Brent comes and takes on a few points this morning, The word for church, which is God's name for his family, is ecclesia. It means the called out. I call you out from among all of these other markers. I call you out from amongst all the other ways that you will define yourself. You are mine. You are bought with a price. No, you belong. We don't quite get that. Hopefully by the end of this message, it would be a lot more clear to you. The great benefits, and there are benefits to belonging. In the Bible, the church is often referred to by different metaphors. It's called the family, which we're talking about right now. It's called the temple. The church is called a body. The church is called a flock. And the church is even called a garden or a vineyard. Each one of these metaphors is matched up with a basic need in humankind, in every human. In your life, you have five basic needs. Each of the points that we're going to take right now match up with that, and they all are found within the church. And so, welcome Pastor Brent as he comes and uh, shares with you on the first three, and I'll pick it up after that.
1: <laughs> I hope that name kind of takes on a, a little bit of a different meaning. Hello, family. Big, big brother. Hey, I like that. I can get used to that. Thank you. Um, as, as Pastor Nelson said, uh, and keep, keep them in your prayers, you know. Um, we'll be going over five benefits to belonging to God's family, to the church. And so the first benefit is this In God's family, I learn my true identity. What's the number one question most people seek to find and establish an answer to while being alive on this planet? Who am I? The answer to this question has the power to create massive implications in this world, for good or for evil. And it doesn't matter who you are, just like Rick Warren said last week, everyone worships something. Well, everyone also finds their identity in something. People try to find their identities in all sorts of different things. Their gifts or their talents, their strengths, their good looks, their power over others, their families, their spouses. For example, a famous singer or actor might think that their identity is in their craft. When someone asks them, well, who are you? They might reply, well, I'm famous. I'm an actor. I'm rich. I got it all figured out. And this, this actually reminds me of my own life. If you were here... Just a few moments ago this morning, you would have heard me sing a couple of songs. You would have seen me strumming a, a guitar. Um, many years ago, before I learned about my true identity in God's family, I thought my musical talents made up who I was for the most part. I would write music, and that might sound weird to you guys, but we all have this natural bend to do this in different ways. I would write music from my heart And people seemed to like it at least a little bit from time to time. So not only did I think music was my purpose, but I also thought it was the main part of who I was. If you'd if you'd have asked me back then, Brent, who are you? I probably would have replied, "Well, I'm a musician. That's who I am." I lived with that belief for a few years, but it never led to anything good or meaningful. Only emptiness and longing for something more to fulfill me. And it wasn't until I started being intentional about building relationships around this place that life started to make sense. I found a real place to belong. I found a real place to contribute. I found a real place to grow and to help others to grow. And the more time I spent around here, the more I discovered who I really was. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says, you are members of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Now there's two things that I'd like to address on this point of identity and belonging to God's church. The first is this, that verse that we just read says you belong with every other Christian. Now I've heard self-proclaimed Christians over the years say things like, "Eh, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Me and God are good. My church is having coffee and spending quiet time with him on my deck in the sunshine. Just me and God. And that's an interesting perspective because I'm pretty sure that that verse we just read states you belong with every other Christian. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says this. And then it's, um, we're not going to have it. I just pulled it for this. But, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing, drawing near. We are meant to be together. We belong to one another in Jesus Christ. The second point I'd like to make on this is I've heard many, many, many people say, I go to church but I don't really feel like I belong because it's so hard to meet people in the church. I don't want to press any buttons this morning, but let's change the language a little bit on that and call it what it really is. What people really mean when they say it's difficult to meet people in church is it's uncomfortable to meet people in church. I can relate to that. It's not comfortable putting yourself out there. It's risky meeting new people. But last time I checked, Jesus didn't call us to follow him into comfort. As a matter of fact, if we're true followers of Jesus, we ought to get used to putting ourselves out there and meeting new people on a regular basis. Jesus himself calls us his brothers and sisters. So why is it so hard for us to buy into that? Hebrews chapter two, verse 11 says, Jesus and the people he makes holy all belong to the same family. That is why he isn't ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. You are called to belong to this gigantic, imperfect, meaningful, beautiful mess of a family. if you identify as a son or daughter of Almighty God, then that's who you are. That's your starting point. When someone asks you who you are, you can say, I'm a son or I'm a daughter of God our Father and a brother or sister of Jesus Christ. That's who I am. And this should be cause for confidence to go up because you're more clear and you're more sure of your identity. So suddenly, a little discomfort doesn't seem like such a big deal. Next, the second benefit of belonging to God's church is in God's temple, I am supported by others. Ephesians chapter two, verse 21 and 22 says this, in Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple to the Lord. And in in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, I'm no architect, but I'm fairly certain that in order for a building to rise and be able to stand firm against the elements and withstand long periods of time, each individual piece needs to be pre-planned. There needs to be intention. Each piece must have certain strengths and quality of material. They must have a certain shape that fit properly with the other pieces in the right place, in the right order, and at the right time for the building to be a success. It's no different for us as the body of Christ. Pastor Nelson said just the other week that he has strong gifts in leadership and preaching, but he by himself isn't even close to enough to accomplish what God wants to accomplish through this church body. Each and every one of us is gifted in different ways and God wants to mold us all together to bring his love into this world and glory to his name. Romans chapter 1 verse 12 says, I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. I don't know where I would be without this church. Not anywhere good, that's for sure. What I've found here. Are people willing to listen when I need to talk? People willing to help when I need a hand? People willing to stand up for me when I'm feeling weak? People willing to defend me when I'm being attacked? People willing to pray for me when I'm struggling? People willing to challenge me when I'm being pompous or arrogant? People willing to tell me the truth when telling me a lie would be so much easier? Anyone who says they can't find a dependable church has never been a part of people's. And if they have been a part of people's and they still feel that way, then the problem ain't on our end. I'm living proof of that, and so are many of you that are here this morning. I've been supported in so many ways here over the years. There's no doubt in my mind that I'm at home in this church family. We have such incredible servants here at people's. And one area in particular that has absolutely blown me away over the years, and this is just one of many, many areas, uh, families helping families. We have a couple of ladies who sort of take charge and head that up, and if they send out the word that we have a family going through a rough patch, boom, one text message and several people get right on preparing freezer meals for that family. This is to lift the burden off of the family of having to think about preparing meals when they're going through such a tough situation. Other than following the instructions on the package, they put it in the oven, turn it on, and it's done. Anyone here who's ever had to endure the loss of a loved one knows the value in such a gift. Our people do this because they love Jesus first. And they flesh out their faith in him by serving these families in this way. This is just one example, as I said, of so many incredible ways our people here serve one another and support one another. The third benefit of belonging to God's family is this. In Christ's body, I discover my unique value. Romans chapter 12, verse four and five says, just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it and it takes every one of us to make it complete for we have for we each have different work to do. So we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 15 and 16 Paul says, if your foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if your ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm only an ear and not an eye. Would that make it any less part of the body? It doesn't matter where you fit. What's important is that you're in the right place in the body and that you serve wholeheartedly. Now, this is where taking Class 301 will benefit you. We take a look at your SHAPE, which is an acronym for your spiritual gifts your heart or what makes you passionate or what you're passionate about, your abilities. All of us are born with God-given abilities and talents. Your personality and your experiences. You discover how God wired you and where you can best fit in serving the rest of the church. Now one fellow that sort of really comes to mind whenever I think about serving the body, he's he's since passed on but his name was Bob McLean. And uh, Bob, Bob had had a stroke and lost his ability to form proper sentences, and it made it really difficult and frustrating for him to communicate even sometimes the simplest things. But Bob had found Jesus Christ, and he discovered that kind of hanging around this church was something he wanted to be doing. Before long... Bob began to look after the grass on the property on our on our ride-on mower. He'd be here every week without fail, and he began to thrive. He found what would be in many people's minds one of the most simple places to serve, and yet I watched him grow in his faith. I watched him experience true fulfillment, and many of us around here even noticed some serious improvements in his condition. It was more than cutting grass for Bob. He served his church full-heartedly and God was working in him and through him. And I look forward to the day when I see Bob again and I wonder if he'll still be cheering for the Calgary Flames because <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of heaven cheers for the Oilers. <laughs> and Bob's looking down going, no man. <laughs> the point is It doesn't matter what you do. If you're doing it for Jesus first, that's what really matters. God has a place for you. You just have to try it out. See if it's a fit. And there's no perfect fit. All of us are called to serve. It just plays out in different ways to benefit the whole body. Maybe it's in the children's ministry. You've got to be wired specially for that. <laughs> Maybe it's serving our youth. Maybe it's singing or playing an instrument. Maybe it's in our first impressions area. Maybe it's in celebrate recovery. Maybe it's in maintaining the property grounds, uh, the building or machinery maintenance. Maybe it's snow removal. Maybe it's ice resurfacing when we have those hockey rinks or the hockey rink and the skating rink going. And so many more areas that I haven't mentioned. Just give it a shot. You are made unique and you add value to our church body. We need you. And the coolest part about serving wholeheartedly for God is as you give of yourself in order to have an impact on others, he has an impact on you. He transforms you. So to recap those first three benefits of belonging to God's church and being a part of his family, I learned my true identity, I am supported by others, and I discover my unique value. Now Pastor Nelson is going to finish up the last two benefits for us in another video.
0: One of your basic needs is for Security. Not just security of person, but security of soul. And you've been already going through some wonderful points with Pastor Brent. Thanks, Pastor Brent, for preparing on short notice. Love you, brother. So you have to learn through the church, your true identity. Through the church, you're gonna be supported by others and support others. And you're gonna discover your unique value. I want to talk to you about receiving protection. In God's flock, I'm protected. That's the next metaphor. A flock. I am protected and I'm cared for. I was watching on one of those animal shows here. I think it was yesterday. And as I'm watching it, it was this, uh, this mother gazelle that was protecting its young from, I think it was a leopard, and was doing a very admirable job, by the way, of doing this. Willing to sacrifice her own life for that. You know, the, the Lord has protected us in every which way. He's given us salvation. He's protected us from what our sins would have brought us. He is a protector, a nurturer. And he is the one that you get true security in. Have you ever been alone? I mean, really on your own in any kind of threatening situation where you just didn't have that backup or that ability to get away? Have you ever been in that place where it's, it's a pretty scary place to be? when there's no one there to grab onto or to grab onto you, you do feel cut off. I have a feeling most of you probably have had that kind of experience in one way, shape, or another. But then when you had somebody step in and come alongside you, whether it was a voice or a hand, whether it was somebody arrived on the scene or whatever it was, my gosh, didn't that mean something to you? That was fantastic. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. When the love of God and the family of God, the church, which is this family name, protects one another. You know, that happens in this church, I know, uh, many times on a daily basis, all the way through. I'm not on my own, you know, I have other people looking out for me. I know many of you look out for me. Some of you I've walked with for decades. My gosh, I love you. You have been faithful. You have stood. You have walked through the successes and the failures, which, and the weaknesses of myself, even. And not always getting it right, but you've been there. The ability to care for one another is huge in protection, but it's also something to understand when it comes to the role that God puts into local churches. Look at Ephesians 2, 21 to 22. It says, in Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become. I'm sorry, I got the wrong scripture. Sorry, take care of God's flock, his people, 1 Peter 5, 2, that you are responsible for. Watch over them. Now, he's talking to me here. That's what he's talking to. He's saying, you want to be a pastor? Take care of God's flock, his people, that you are responsible for. Why did he have to put that phrase in there? It's sobering for me. It it truly is. This staff knows how seriously I take protection. It says, watch over them because you want to, not because you are forced to. More or less, it's gotta be a heart deal and you gotta really care and you're gonna have to do that. And, and, you know, being a pastor um, in that regards, obeying God's call in my own personal life. It's something that within his structures, he has wired protection in me and I I do do that. I, I want to protect this church I want to protect it from false doctrine and cults and wolves and false ideology. And I want to make sure I lead you in the right nourishing way. I want to protect you from destructive things that get you off track. And I want, I want to give that, that kind of that protection environment where you always know you're going to have the truth. It'll challenge you. No, you're always going to have a place of grace. These are protections and I must see that they are there. But the first other part of protection is just this connection with each other, a caring. Just caring for one another. When we connect and we care for one another, we are actually protecting one another. In Galatians 6 2, it says, Share each other's troubles and problems, but in this way obey the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor out of yourself. That's the law of Christ. By fulfilling that law, you are practicing protection. You protect each other by loving and caring for each other. That's protection. Little encouragement word here. Prayers here. Noticing things here. Coming alongside. Lifting up. uh, Challenging. You're protecting because you're caring. Does the math always get done right? No. Because human is so involved with this, but God is also there. And he uses us, even in our brokenness to care. In fact, sometimes it's our brokenness that connects more with another person and brings a caring to them that they can receive because they know what you have gone through. Even when you go through the worst things yourself, these are not thrown out. These are beautiful opportunities for you within the flock of God to be part of protection and bringing to others your story, bringing to others the strength that you got out of that, bringing to others the deeper faith that you got and the joy that you found in the midst of that and, and how you've made steps since those times this is all caring, it's all protection and it's it's actually pastoring without the role, see there are two different ways, there is the role the office, that's something God just calls and he does and then the other is the act or the shepherding act I am not the best shepherd in this church there's all kinds of shepherds in this church that are far better at it than I am by caring you know the Bible talks about my role and says you're going to give account someday but you get the blessing of just opening up your life and caring for others and having others care for you there's protection in that that's them coming alongside at the worst of times there's a lot of one another phrases in the scriptures all kinds of one another phrases <laughs> Love one another, care for one another, forgive one another, encourage one another. One another, one another, one another. That's protection. That's protection. This is what the church is. The church is beautiful for that reason. I've seen so many of you shepherd so well, other people, just by doing one another's. It's beautiful. It's a church. That's what church is. So who's looking out for you? You can connect your, you can either connect or disconnect, you know. But that doesn't destroy the need that you need it. You need security. It's only found in the church because it's the only thing that won't change. It's passed on to generation to generation. You cannot find nations that existed thousands of years ago in existence today, really. Most of them have disintegrated or, or amalgamated or all the change that goes on. But no, the church is passed on. And it goes on because it's eternal. It's God's church. Who are you looking out for? Because God has also called you to be a part of something so that you can actually be looking out for others also. The last one is, in God's garden, my life becomes productive, production, production, there's just one scripture I'm going to read with this. A branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. I am the vine and you are the branches. These are Jesus' words. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, but apart from me you can do nothing. It's very simple. You can't a branch off an apple tree. There's no way that branch produces fruit. Can't do it. It, it needs this connection. You see, the church is God's. And it's the way that he pours his life into this world. You might want to knock the church or because of its imperfections try and do without the church. But you cannot replace the church with what your plan is. God planned the church with all of its imperfections. To be the place in which his energy and his purpose and his plan is worked in and through this into this world. And it's the same way you have to be connected to bear fruit. God has all kinds of fruit He wants to bear in your life. But you can't do none of the fruit God has for your life unless you're willing to be connected to His church. His church. Unless you're connected to the vine, you're built into the building, you're part of the body, you're a member of the family, you're a sheep in the flock, all of these connection metaphors. Nothing happens that God intends for your life, your purpose, nothing. That's why your calling, your second calling is to belong, to get connected because it's only through that connection that your production and your fruitfulness will go. So how do you get connected? Pastor Brent and I have been kicking around some things lately about what is, what is real discipleship. Well, discipleship is really based on three things. Two you do, one you allow. First, surrender. We talked about that in the first weekend of this. Surrender. To be a disciple, follower, a true disciple of Christ, not just somebody on the sidelines, but I mean right in the middle of the thick. I mean one of the 12, you're called, you're going. It takes surrender. Surrender. Let go of those nets, let's go. And then it takes commitments. We're talking about commitments all through this time. Today I'm talking to you about the one-on-one commitment and being a member of the church, his church, being a part of it in a very expressible fashion and way. You cannot, unless you are locally connected, say that you are really functioning within the body. The body functions with the authority lines and the things that God himself has set in. You need connection. Then you need to make these commitments. And we're going to be talking about this as we continue through. But if you surrender and make commitments, then you welcome accountability. Accountability is not, oh, you're in trouble now. Accountability is, yeah, here's some areas to grow. Here's some areas to keep focusing. Here, good, good job Here. You're moving forward here. Keep moving that direction. It's that kind of uh, encouragement and reaffirmation and then enforcement of, of challenge and truth in a healthy way that grows you. You know, we all like that. We all really do want good coaching, but this desire and drive for independence is killing your interdependence. Often while we find ourselves doing that is that we end up doing some things that aren't really great. Cutting ourselves off. And God says, Don't do it. Don't do it. Get connected to my church. Don't don't disconnect. Politics is not the hope of the world, folks. You might get lost in it these days. It's a hopeless cause. It always will be a hopeless cause because it has its limits within time and space right now. And God raises up and he takes him down and he does everything he's going to do and it's going to change. Nations will change. Everything changes except for his church. Your family's going to change, but the church family won't. It's eternal. It goes on. Economics is not the hope of the world. (laughs) Not even close. Education is not the hope of the world. If any of those things would work, we'd already have been able to turn things all around. They're not turning around. The hope of the world is spreading God's good news so that lives are changed and hearts are changed and families and marriages are saved. And the only thing that's that's going to last is the church of God. And the only way he works his way in this world is through his church, his bride. So enough bringing down the church. You're bringing down yourself, believer. Your own body. The flow that you need. The connections you must nourish. Yes, and even their imperfections. Because God trumps all the imperfections by bringing his life and his presence in and through his church. I love the church. Not just this church. I love the church. Let me finish with a scripture. In Ephesians 3.21, it says this. Glory belongs to God in the church and in Christ Jesus for all time and eternity. This kind of just put it all there, didn't it? It says two things. Bring glory to God for all eternity, only two things, all time and all eternity, only two things are going to bring glory to God. The church and Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the son of God. The church is the family of God. It's God's bride. It's God's family. It's God's flock. And don't ever pull down the church again. It's the most beautiful thing that God is building on this planet and he's taking it into eternity. Just make sure you're a part of it through Jesus Christ. And then really be a part of it. Next weekend, I'll be teaching a one-on-one, which is God formed you for his family. Fellowship. I got to teach you how to live in the church and what it is. So we're going to do that next Sunday, four till eight. For those, you have to sign up, register, do that. I'd be thrilled to see you here. But it is time. Don't come to church. Be the church. And remember, don't bring it down. Because Christ died for it. The price for his churches, for the family His church was the cross. God bless you. I love you.
1: Thank you for listening to our program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.